This is the Extravagant Promises Podcast, and I'm your host, Gregory. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. This is a podcast about reckoning, recovery, and redemption. We share our experience, our strength, and our hope. Tonight is episode number 36. Before I begin, I do want to go over a couple housekeeping items. Number one, this is a recovery 12-step um, based AA-related uh, podcast. And when I say related, I mean that it is inspired and, and, and in the, the complementary to a 12-step program. But this is not an approved or um, AA-approved literature or something that should be viewed as an AA meeting. It is not. Um, I do encourage everyone to have a 12-step program of any sort. There are all shapes and sizes out there, and it really is amazing what these incredible programs do. I, I, I believe that someday, maybe a thousand years from now, we'll look back at it and say, um, wow, you know, that was um, another another movement that I won't say religion. I don't want to turn anybody off with saying religion. I don't want to say faith-based, you know, and get everybody humpty about that. But what I will say is that, you know, I wonder if Christianity had two million plus followers in anonymity, you know, of, of really just this amazing anarchic process within 80 years of Christ's um, birth, death, you know, resurrection. Um, anyway, just food for thought. Anyway, so the, the second thing is I'm not a mental health professional. Please do not take anything I say as gospel in any sense of the word or any kind of medical advice. Seek out your own medical Program, which again, I do encourage everyone to have some sort of health care and mental health program, however, it fits you and as you understand it. Number three, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions. We place principles over personalities. Please respect my anonymity and I will respect yours. I will never dox you, I will never out you, I will never refer to you by name unless you tell me that you permit me to do so and, and want me to do so, um, which, let's face it, it would be rare. Um, and, uh, you know, but you can contact me. Uh, I am on at Extravagant Promises Podcast on Instagram. I'm also, I have a website that is still <laughs> uh, underway. And it's mainly just because of my laziness, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry. It I, I, It's going to be awesome, but it's, you know, it's underway. But I do have a a dedicated email, which is Gregory B, the letter B, G-R-E-G-O-R-Y-B, at extravagantpromisespodcast.com. Please feel free to contact me, suggestions, criticisms, whatever. Give me a review on iTunes or whatever platform. If there's something I can do to make it better, I will. If, um, if you think it's awesome, please say so. The best gift you can give to me is to let someone else know about this podcast, just one other person to listen and maybe hear 
some story that um, inspires them, helps them just help you get through the night, you know, that those long nights of the soul. <laughs> um, anyway, before I get too maudlin or anything like that, number four, this is free. I do not accept nor would I ever solicit any kind of contribution or donation. This is my act of service. I want you to know that this comes. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that those who accept sponsorships or anything like that are um, tainted in any way or wrong. They're perfect. That's great for them. Uh, for me, this has got to be an act of pure service that is completely unvarnished by donations or need for money or anything like that. It, it comes straight from my heart. All right. So with that said, I'm not even going to try to read the title of this one. Um, it's a Latin phrase. It appeared on the um, Hat Creek Cattle Company. I think that was the name of it. Um, let me look it up here. The The Hat Creek Cattle Company. That's right. The Hat Creek Cattle Company company sign had that Latin phrase on it. And if you look deep enough to find that, you'll know the characters I'm talking about. Captain Augustus McRae. Captain Woodrow Call. The fictional but all too real in my mind characters, former Texas Rangers in the epic Pulitzer Prize winning novel, Lonesome Dove. I remember when I read that book, and maybe that's one that I would do for the podcast, but it's so long, it takes, you know. But I remember when, when I first encountered that book, I heard that it was George Herbert Walker Bush, the Elder Bush's favorite book. Um, he was the president back then when I read it, and um, he might have just become the president, to be honest with you. It might have been Reagan. But, um, my father handed me the paperback. It had to be, I mean, it was a, it was three or four inches thick. I remember that. He handed it to me and he said, "Read this, and then we'll talk." And there's a great, there's so many great scenes in that book, um, and in a lot of ways, there's a lot of twelve steps in there. Now, there's drinking, that's for sure, but there's just so much fellowship and so much epic and lore and saga that goes along with our tale. But there's a great scene, among many great scenes, where um, these guys are down in Texas uh, on the border of Mexico, and they're, um, you know, they're just kind of doing one thing or another. They're former war uh, veterans, and, 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 and they're the, the Texas Rangers, and they're kind of retired, and, and they hear about this uncharted territory it's it's not uncharted but it's certainly this territory where you know civilization hasn't set in and uh, if you can call this time sort of civil war era post-civil war um era texas civilized um no offense to my texas brothers and sisters but if you can even call it today civilized <laughs> uh anyway that's just a jab um but you know, they, they, they talk about this place called Montana. And there's a scene where Woodrow F. Call says to his longtime partner, Gus McRae, he says, Gus, 
why not go to Montana? And thus begins the hero's saga, the hero's journey, the Joseph Campbell venture, the adventure, the path. And, 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 and the circle of life, so to speak. And, um, and so why is that the topic for today's podcast? Because I have asked myself and, and my partner, why not go to Montana? And when I say that, I mean, you know, I've got a few years of sobriety now. My sobriety date is July 19th, 2015. I picked up four years in Italy this summer. That was awesome. Got that four-year chip in Venice. I'm not bragging. That's not an award or a reward. Just a just to denote something, a, 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 a token to denote my length of sobriety. And, and so, you know, as I close in, as I start to get closer to five years, you know, and I think about how amazing my life is, I'm, I'm, I've got a number of things pulling at me. You know, I've got, number one is age. You know, I'm 52 years old. My grandfather died in court of a heart attack after a trial, I believe. I never knew him at 52. Um, you know, what? what's, I'm, I'm certainly, as Gus McRae says, you know, I'm on the sunny slopes of, of tomorrow. The sunny, he says, here's to the sunny slopes of yesteryear, but I'm, you know, my, I want those slopes of tomorrow to be to be bright, not dark. But I do wonder how many more sunny slopes do I have to climb? How many more sunsets and sunrises do I get to see? Quite a few, I hope. But you know, my age is a factor. I certainly also think about the lifestyle that I've lived and the profession that I've chosen and the stress that I have endured and, and stresses I've caused. And wondered if um, if it's any if it, if I can if I can say that it's consistent with my values, consistent with my dreams, and consistent with my program. And um, you know, after a long time, I concluded that it's not. You know, I worked with and worked for insurance companies in my practice of law for the better part of twenty six years. And I'm not going to go into that because I think that's kind of outside issues, to be honest with you. What I concluded over the last, when, when I went to Venice, is that I concluded that working with insurance companies was not consistent with my bliss. Follow your bliss, as Joseph Campbell said. It's not consistent with my program. It's not consistent with my values. And it's not consistent with my joy. I, I no longer felt I was on the right side of things. Number two, the stresses of running a significant, you know, gangbusters type of business. Uh, you know, without that, it's just, I won't get into all the details, but it was the stress of it was likewise inconsistent with my, with my program and my joy. And, you know, I've been a great, lawyer and I am a great lawyer in a lot of ways I'm a bright guy I'm good on my feet I, I you know I love the law but you know I'm not really sure that civil litigation or litigation at all is I'm not sure it's a good thing for society it's what we've had but 
but to be honest with you, I've, I've just had a lot of moral reservations about a system that an adversarial system and, and I've come to believe that it might not be in any form or fashion consistent with my program. Yet it was lucrative. Now, I never did anything unethical, unprofessional, immoral, anything like that. You know, it wasn't like I was stealing or something or I'm doing really well or I'm fighting for the man. But it just, you know, it just started to erode my sense of like not representing people. But also the ideas like whether you're who, regardless of whose side you're on, it's, you know, it's a soul sucking business. And there's a reason why people hate lawyers. And there's a reason why lawyers hate law firms. It's like legions of, of, of stormtroopers, you know, coming from the Sith or the Darth Vader land or whatever, wherever the empire came from. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I have a pretty negative view of it. And, and, it, and, it, and, and I was unable to unshackle or untether myself from that indentured servitude for a variety of financial reasons, most notably um, the results of my high-conflict divorce. But I was able to put all that aside ultimately last spring. And as you know, I went and lived in Venice, Italy for three months. And some would say, you know, Gregory, you're a moron. You, you finally own your own business. You don't have this other person threatening you and taking everything and all that. And you, you can do with it what you want and all that. But it was kind of one of those things. That it's that scene. I think I've talked about this on the podcast. But it was that scene in Forrest Gump where he's running. And all of a sudden he just stops running. He goes, I'm tired. I think I'll stop running now. And that's what happened to me in Venice was I just fell so in love with Italy and the life and the way people treated each other that I knew that I got to know and the way, you know, is it magic? No. Is it different than great places in America? No. But there was just something that I was able to unburden my soul. And I made the decision that I wasn't going to go back. Physically, I had to come back. But that mentally and morally and emotionally, like I was, I was free. And so when I came back, um, I sat down with my partner and I said, Gus, why not go to Montana? And she said, yeah, you're right. Let's go to Montana. Woodrow, you know, <laughs> and, and, um, and so we, a week ago, we can, a little over a week ago, we fired every single client we have. We terminated our relationships with every single insurance company. Our plan is to, um, you know, close our, to close our, um, professional obligations in a tidy manner and in a professional and moral manner, but then we're going to travel. And then we're going to see what's what in Montana. Maybe we'll set up another small little law firm. Maybe not. I don't know. So you might be thinking, you know, okay, great, Gregory, you, you know, you got this big life change or this, you know, I, I really do fight about the whole notion of a midlife crisis because this is not, it's not midlife and it's not crisis and it's not something that is cliched. 
But you might wonder, you know, what does this have to do with recovery? And I think it has everything to do with recovery. You know, and, and I would, I would kind of like to turn the podcast to that direction, which is the promises. You know, but for AA, the 12 steps, and the promises and coming true in my life, I would never be in a position to be able to even think about these sorts of things. You know, I just wouldn't. I wasn't, I wasn't spiritually awake. I wasn't mentally available. I wasn't physically in a place where I could do these things. I mean, it just, you know, I was in a deep, dark hole. Now I'm not. And then second is, you know, now that you've self-arrested, now that you've, you know, you've dug the crampons into the side of the cliff, Maybe you're already, maybe you just fell to rock bottom and you, you know, you broke some bones and you healed, but you quit falling. You didn't get back on the elevator and go down a few more floors. You're, you're, you're at that base and maybe you've started climbing. Maybe you've started healing. Maybe you started learning about yourself and having that conscious contact with a God of your understanding, your higher power. Maybe... You're now in a conscious place, a conscientious place. You can be intentional about your life. You can be purposeful about your life. You can make decisions about your life such as, is this, you know, remember we talked about those questions like, is this true? Is it absolutely true? How do I behave if, you know, how does it make me behave if it's true or if it's not true? And what's the opposite? They call it countering, I think, or something like that. Reversals. But the point being that sort of like what, you know, like I'm, I want to make a decision. Or is the life I'm living, is this decision I'm about to make, or is this life that I'm not making a decision in, is it consistent with my values? Is it consistent with my dreams? My joy? Is it consistent with my program? What are my priorities in life? You know, I don't think you should have too many priorities. I think a list of a whole bunch of priorities just means they're not priorities. Obviously, number one is sobriety. Number two, for me, is higher power, God. Number three, my relationships with my partner and with my children. I know that if I put those relationships at the top, above my sobriety, they'll be the second thing I lose. But so I look at those and I go, okay, got those priorities. I want to have good, I want health. I want personal health. I want, um, I want to smile. I want to wake up without worry. You know, that's what drove me so hard to achieve and to grind and to freak out and to drink and to use and be and use people and all this because I was so afraid of failure and it was like even when I succeeded and failure was so far in the rearview mirror I still was like failure is what's going to happen to you and then you realize like you killed failure and failed in the process your marriage failed your relationships failed your health is failing you're not mentally right think about all that and so the program, it gave it back to me. It said, hey man, I'm going to give you a one-day license to drive a beautiful life. 
only requirement is that you don't drink today. You go to meetings. You work the steps. You sponsor other guys. You have a sponsor. All those things. Not a big deal. But such a big deal. And so, you know, you ask yourself, like, is this life I'm living? Ask yourself this question. Is the life I'm living today, is it consistent with my joy? With my authentic, genuine, pure self-joy? Is it consistent with my values? What are your values? Your moral compass. What's on that dial of your moral compass? And is this consistent? Is your azimuth shooting on that compass in the right direction? These are not hard questions. And I think when you, when, you're, when you have the capacity to be honest, the capacity to be truthful, brutally honest, radical honesty with yourself, you can answer that question like, no, man, I'm not, I'm not being, I'm not, I'm not, my azimuth is off. It's, it's towards despair or a life of quiet desperation. And then finally, and most importantly, is the life I'm leading, is this decision, whatever it is, this action, this inaction, is it consistent and reinforcing of my program? Or does it take me further away from God, further away from my higher power, further away from a meeting, further away from sobriety? So yeah, I decided like the last thing in my life that was hostile to my program was my law practice as it existed. I had offers, people calling me up, hey, we'll come in here with this big organization. We'll make you the regional partner in Grand Poobah and you're going to kick ass and make us money and make yourself a ton of money and you just double up and, you know, what is it Lenny Kilmister said? Double up or split, the devil takes his, no, double up or quit, the devil takes his split. The ace of spades, you know, if you feel like gambling, I'm your man. Win some, lose some. It's all the same to me. Yeah, I'm not gambling. You know, they were like, double up, go down. Yeah, man, you know, rock and roll. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll get rich off your back. And I'm just like, and my program will get poor. I just decided that wasn't my thing. And so I left it behind. I didn't sell it. I didn't, you know, I just said, nope. I'm going to go ahead and say, just like I said about a year ago, ladies and gentlemen, when I talked about that case, and the thing about that, how my therapist said, is this, you know, I said, well, I don't want to, I don't want to give this case. It was a horrible situation. This opponent was being just a complete jackass. And my, my, I mean, just really a, a person with a terrible reputation and vile. And I didn't want to give up. I didn't want to back down, but it was definitely doing me wrong in my mind. And my therapist asked me, you know, I said, well, you know, giving up the case and letting some other firm or person take it. That's like, that's like, uh you know, letting somebody take your girlfriend to the prom, you know? And she said, well, how hot is this girlfriend? Because this is killing you, you know? And I was like, she's not hot at all. In fact, she's really, you know, she's ugly and she's abusive and she sleeps with all your friends, you know? <laughs> and so I was like, all right, you know the answer. And so like a year later, it's like, you know, I walked away from all that. Yeah. I'm going to Montana. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. 
We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. God, thank you for coming to my head today before I did. Thank you for giving me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Thank you for giving me the courage to see that I can change certain circumstances, certain behaviors of mine, certain impressions and attitudes of mine, and then having that courage to, to try to change it and to change it. Thank you when you give me the wisdom for giving me wisdom, and please, if it be your will, continue to give me the wisdom to know the difference. I pray for everyone who's listening to this podcast to find a moment of serenity, a moment of joy, authentic, genuine joy. And God, please help all of us find our way to Montana. Amen.